Good morning. Good morning. Hello again. <laughs> yes. Second week in a row. Second week in a row. We're doing it. Doing <laughs> the thing. back. We're back. Yes. Back in the saddle. Feels good. It does. It does. It's become my my Friday ritual at this point, so mm-hmm. it's good mm-hmm. to do it. Yeah, I like it. It's the first thing I do when I wake up. We, we're recording in the mornings now, so mm-hmm. um, it's good. Yeah. So um, I have not been on Twitter uh, basically at all. Uh, yeah, I saw you um, saw you posted something earlier in the week, like, hey, yep. I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah, I'm like a bit of an anxious individual. I'm prone to getting some anxiety. And I just found that like Twitter was like too good at like dropping tweets in my timeline that were just like anxiety producing bait. And I'd be like, oh, man, this thread's going to be horrifying. And I would click into it and go, yep, yep, now I feel terrible. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's probably a good good move i'm i should do something similar i've been a bit more on twitter lately which is not i can't say it's healthy like i've been getting all my news from there which i feel like some of that is um you know information that i want to see like what's you know what's the mayor of my city announcing and stuff like that but uh i should be getting it somewhere else because it's way too um it's way too real time i think yes there's just not actionable info coming out at the pace that twitter dumps new stuff at me like it's not like i need to know about everything i'm seeing there immediately and it's not like i can do anything about almost any of it and so i just realized i just kept having this experience of flipping over to twitter for like a break and coming away from it feeling worse and i was like this is just not helping me so i i set up this chrome extension which is called go fucking work (laughs) <laughs> which lets you block sites and then when you try to go to them it like yells at you with profanity which i, I appreciate uh so i blocked twitter there um and i also just have not been like consuming news it's like i don't listen to podcasts about you know the news thing or like new york times or any of that stuff i basically have like told friends and family like if, if there's a thing that you think i need to know let me know because i'm not i'm not going to plug into this for a while it's been good i think honestly it has really helped me manage my stress levels because uh, it was not going that great before and i was having like sleepless nights and just like being really worried and anxious and it was like okay this is actually not helping so i need to i need to make some changes and so that has, has like really made a, a noticeable difference to me and my my mental health right now so mm-hmm. that's good yeah uh, that recommended i guess yeah yeah no i think that's probably good i mean i found overall this last week it's just i'm just finding it hard to focus in general and i think a lot of people are and in many ways, life has gotten simpler right now. You know, like I don't have any social things on my calendar, really. <laughs> so it should be easier to um, to go heads down, maybe. I don't know. But instead, it just I kind of feel like in this constant state of um, alertness or something. And um, it's probably largely a function of my own kind of way I'm consuming information. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that alertness word rings true. It's like you're you're firing these these chemicals which are like there's danger i need to respond and like you have this like you know response physically and it's but it's like you can't it's not a it's not a line chasing you it's so you just have to stew in those things and there's no resolution mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah so i've been like donating money to causes that are going to try to help and uh trying to basically disconnect from the rest of it and that is my current strategy and also just focusing like trying to focus on on work um, just like having a productive outlet has been really good lately because I can I have a thing to pour myself into. So that's basically what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah. I've been trying to 
trying to pour my efforts into <laughs> into places where I think I can hopefully move the ball forward in this really uncertain time. So I kind of touched on it last week that I'm kind of in the process of doing some interviews back to kind of customer development phase for some for some new ideas and had some of those already on the calendar for this week and um, all of those stayed on. So they were just kind of sprinkled throughout the week. And in between, I've been kind of playing around with with some positioning, some like what could the product roadmap look like for this thing that I'm thinking about building and and trying to just refine in my head what this could look like based in, in, and adjust as new information comes my way. And thinking about like timing of when when's the right time to to actually like put some put some ink down on virtual paper and throw a landing page out there to to start gauging broader interest. My big question is like how how much completely unbiased interview data is enough before I go ahead and do that. Because once I do that, I know it's crossing a, a threshold into the territory of now people can see what I'm thinking and getting uh, like unbiased information. You just can't, you can't anymore once they've seen that, like, or you can, but it's different, right? It's, it's just colored by that. So hmm. yeah, that's an interesting challenge. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably tough, but I hope you're sort of being gentle with yourself and like hope everyone is because like we're all under stress that's unusual and like i think we're all going to be less productive and that's like we should try to not beat ourselves up about it yeah yeah i've i've tried to do that this week and it's been i mean yeah i've been in this kind of state of like unprofitability for a little while with just with my business you know there's always been kind of a low grade stress around that to a certain degree i have to often come back and remind myself like this is deliberately the phase that you're in right now. This is this is the nature of early stage startups and kind of coach myself back <laughs> back through that. And I've definitely done a bit more of that this week than than other weeks where and I kind of have to take stock of the fact that despite despite being in this phase for a long time, still in a really fortunate position. I know some small business owners who right now are like, you know, they're they have a brick and mortar coffee shop, one of them, and he's like, he's had to temporarily lay off all his staff. Well, he, you know, he kind of serves uh, to go orders and, and I think he's, he's still doing okay, relatively speaking. Like, so I, and I can't imagine what my mental state would be if I had to like worry about, you know, laying off staff and like, he's worried about the, the production being able to get his raw beans to roast. And that's a big part of their business. And it's like, my gosh, these are existential business concerns, and I fortunately don't have those right now. So I, you know, try to keep things in perspective. I guess. Um, totally. Yeah. Yeah. I've been doing the morning journal stuff, which includes like a, you know, what are you grateful for? And it's it's a good exercise to like sort of cut through all the stress and be like, okay, what's what is good right now? Yeah. 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 I feel for people whose businesses are affected who just who did nothing wrong, you know. And could barely have predicted this, and are not just struggling bad now. Yep. Maybe a silver lining to come out of this is just like this is the time for all entrepreneurial minds to get really creative. Like we need un we need unprecedented levels of creativity right now and ingenuity <laughs> to make it through this. And I think you're already seeing people kind of stepping up doing creative things i mean like i think across all sectors public and private we need a lot of creativity i think uh, you know it kickstarts those types of things for sure when, yeah. when a crisis happens i also feel like it's time to like support each other and to just be more compassionate towards other people like if 
like um, you know like if you're a landlord and giving somebody a break on their rent or you know just tipping like crazy if you do get takeout or something and just like recognizing that like there's a just such a huge swath of hurt happening but like we can all kind of help make it a little bit better by just being great to each other right now yeah yeah absolutely i will put a plug in for this thing um there's a there's this organization called give directly i think they're givedirectly.org they've basically been running really large scale um direct cash transfer experiments sort of as like a hey does this like basic income thing work so they like have been going to like kenya and like places that have extreme poverty and setting up payments like direct cash transfers to people uh, for a couple of years now and they decided to launch a u.s effort to target people they said they said you know it looks like the federal government is going to do something but it's probably going to be not quite enough and it's probably going to be pretty slow and we are experts in this so we decided to spin up a program uh, to help people it's so, like they are able to get a list of people that are on snap which i think is like uh, food assistance support um and so they're they're like raising money now to start doing these these things because they're they're great at this and so they're going to do like you know contactless cash transfers for people who most need it which sort of boils down to especially like it's going to be a lot of uh, single mothers in particular so i've been donating to them and if uh, other people are interested if you're if you're able i think it would be it's a good time to do this kind of thing yeah man yep that's the kind of stuff like you know <laughs> ingenuity working mm-hmm. um, yep and using the skills we have to help people yeah yeah it's great yeah so uh, you want to talk about work <laughs> yeah let's talk about work i mean i i mostly gave my update i mean yeah. that's kind of that's kind of where i'm at you know um hopefully hopefully in i don't know i i don't want to say a specific date but i'm because it's still super Good. fuzzy yeah, in don't my do mind that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's fuzzy in my mind and with all this uncertainty but i would like to get kind of this thing i'm working on out of the shadows a little bit i think that would help me to ship something and get get kind of a broader conversation started but i'm just trying to gauge when the right time is for that so stay okay. tuned all right yeah. sounds good all right so i'll switch to i'll switch gears so i tried this thing called focus mate this week which was i like tweeted like I, I feel like i need someone to like sit down with me and make me do my to-do list kind of thing someone was like oh you should try this out and it's it's a video call that you schedule i showed up and the guy some other person i've never met showed up and he was like hey what are you working on and i was like i'm gonna do my clean out all my inboxes and like do my weekly review and he was like cool i'm gonna try to write 200 words for my book and i was like great and he was like good luck and then we both like muted ourselves and just like went to work and i kept the little video up just kind of remind me like what i was doing and then i did through my thing at the end and then the session wrapped up and he was like how'd it go and i was like good i'm like almost done and he's like i got a little distracted by this but i came back to this and whatever and i was like all right cool have a good one and that was that so i think it actually did help because i the session was i think 50 minutes or something like around those and i had you know quite a bit of digging out to do so it was i got a, a huge chunk of it done it was it was great it felt good hmm. is this similar to remember that like was it a work gym or something yeah, that yeah you ultra did working back? um it is l- it is like that but less structured so it's sort of similar but it's basically like you're doing work with other people their thing is like a group with like a moderator and they have more structure where they have like a spreadsheet which is like okay what are you going to do in this next uh 40 minute block and you make do, it's more planning more check-ins that kind of thing and their thing was great too both those have been have been effective for me but yeah i just wanted to report that in case that interests people the first three things i think on focus made are free so you can give it a shot and see if you like it that's cool do you do you see yourself using it sporadically or more frequently or like what's your what do you yeah i think sporadically Mm-hmm. I think it, for me, it's probably best on things that I don't really want to do. I find the like the inbox or the weekly review in particular part of 
getting things done to be a bit annoying and boring. So it's like, all right, well, if I declare that's my intention to someone and they sit there and they're, you know, sort of giving me some accountability, it's maybe that's the the way to do it. Mm -hmm. If I can take a slight detour, how do you go about like planning your schedule or how heavily scheduled are you on any given week? All of my Calendly links only book on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And I try to only schedule stuff except for this podcast uh, on those days. Usually my Monday, Wednesday, Fridays are basically clear. And Tuesday, Thursdays can sometimes be kind of Swiss cheese with with calls and things. Like this last Thursday was was definitely that. Like I was a guest on a podcast and I had a sales call and then I had like a check-in call with another CEO that was just kind of like a mastermind kind of thing. So it, it depends. I'm not super intentional besides just like blocking off Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Yeah, yeah. Are your Tuesdays and Thursdays pretty wide open for booking or do you cluster them in a in particular time? I basically block off lunch. So I think mm-hmm. it's like I'm like available like 10 to noon and then like 1 to 3 or 4 somewhere in mm-hmm. there. Mhm. Yeah. Are these usually like customer calls, sales calls, like what are your typical types of calls that you're doing on those days? It is a mix. Like Thursday, like I said, was like interview in the morning on a podcast. Uh, call with a just a friend to catch up. Uh, call with a CEO to kind of mastermind, and then a sales call. That was Thursday. Tuesday was just one call, and that was a sales call as well. Hmm. Yeah. Do you get other stuff done on those days, or are you, or do you are things kind of chopped up a bit to the point where you can't really get it? Yeah, if it gets above like one or two calls, then it's like the day is is harder to get substantial work done. But the work I'm doing now is more interrupt friendly so it's like not so much coding it's often more sales stuff which is kind of like being responsive and doing a short thing and then waiting for them to get back to me so it's not terrible it definitely affects my productivity it's it's harder to really get in the groove but it's not it's not super bad so speaking of sales i've been getting more into it there's a lot of big companies that suddenly are now like oh gosh we're working from home how do we work from home and so we've gotten a lot more interest in people that like want the enterprise plan and like want the sales process and all that. The kind of cool thing about that is that I'm getting more at bats right now. And I feel like it's letting me get better at the process. So I'm starting to learn like what is normal and what do they expect? And like, how do I say certain things in a way that like they go, yep. And they nod and like, okay, yeah, that's what we expected. And it's like, oh, yeah, sales is a skill like everything else, duh, turns out. <laughs> yep. And so like by getting to do it more, I'm getting to learn it. But also just I'm getting to screw stuff up and then realize I screwed it up. And then, then the next lead comes in. I'm like, oh, I'm not going to do that again. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So that's that has been kind of nice. And I've, I've been enjoying this process. Like I love learning a new thing. So this is like kind of fun. Um, and I've also just adjusted my mindset a bit where like the engineer in me and the uh, spoiled baby in me like (laughs) wants the world to be like perfectly efficient and wants me to not have to do annoying things and i'm starting to just kind of like suck it up and be like you know what it's dumb that i have a security page and your security audit asks me a bunch of the questions that are already on there but like it's only going to take me 15 minutes to fill this thing out and so i'm just filling it out sometimes or actually a lot of time now because it's just like you have they have a process I can fight against the process and it will take longer and it's less likely to happen. Or I can just be like, well, this is dumb, but whatever. It's There's dollar signs at the end of it and it'll, it'll get this deal done. Yeah, yep, yep. 
Yeah, and it's um, hopefully temporary where you have to do that work, and eventually you will be able to delegate that right to uh, to a teammate who that's yes. kind of their job. It's just yeah, uh, just service that inefficiency that exists in a transaction. <laughs> totally. Yeah, we've we've been we've been talking about that, and I think that's that could conceivably be a person we hire soonish. Um, I'm I'm kind of enjoying like understanding the process now. Like I'm like I feel like once I know the ropes. And I have a like a pretty repeatable process and, you know, canned answers for things and just kind of know how to do this. I think it'll be much easier to sort of plug a person into that um, who can hopefully elevate us. But at least I'll have like a sense of like what you should, probably should be doing and like what, how do you answer these questions and things like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, it's uh, it's the mindset shift, I think, has been the biggest part where it's just like, you know, it's not so bad. Just 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 do it. It's fine. And we also I, we raised our minimum on the enterprise plan like you have to buy 20 seats now just like so i was like okay it's it's going to be worth it if we if they want this uh time wise and yeah it's 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 an interesting it's kind of a fun game to be learning right now have you had like a sales call recently that like just did not go well at all (laughs) (laughs) uh none have been super bad although i had a challenging one yesterday where a fairly large, like, so we have this customer that has, like, seen a lot of expansion, and they're now at, like, hundreds of developers, and then, like, the person that purchases software for the company, like, reached out to me. It's like, I want to schedule a call, and I was like, great, and then he also invited three other people, <laughs> uh, and so it was me and four people from this company, mm-hmm. and I was like, man, I should have brought my posse. <laughs> I feel a little outgunned here. Yep. And in fact, I gave them the link to this whereby room. And we filled it up. It turns out you can only have four people on the free plan, which I have never bumped into before. <laughs> and then it was like, they're like, they're, they're saying like, oh, like John can't join the room. He says it's full. And I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I forgot there was a limit here. I've never done a call with so many people. How funny. So we had to go use um, Hangouts or whatever, whatever it was. It was, I mean, it was a little tough because they were basically kind of trying to like beat me up a little bit on price and and how we bill and all that. That was kind of the closest to like a direct negotiation where they're like, well, we want this. And I'm like, well, uh, it kind of doesn't work for me, actually. And then they're like, well, we're going to have to see if we can get the money for that. And I'm like, well, yeah, I, I, I understand that. That seems like a thing you're going to have to do. I think I'm getting a little bit better at those calls as well. Um. I haven't had to do that many negotiations in my life. So getting practice there also helps just like how do you approach it and what do you say? And yeah, so it wasn't too, too painful, but it was definitely kind of the most like, all right, we're here to, to wrangle with you. And I was like, okay, here we go. Yeah. 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 I mean, a lot of times when I talk to salespeople, it feels like they're, feels like they're often kind of like playing a game of chess sort of where you're like trying to see the moving pieces and anticipate things like do do you feel like you're in that mode when you're when you're in one of these calls or is it more straightforward for you where you're like here's the thing and here's the price and and you know um it's not super straightforward uh, because there's a lot of things you can vary so like one thing i'm realizing is that a super standard part of this process is contract negotiation and so it's like, whose document do we start with? And then what changes can we get away with? Uh, and in this document is all kinds of things. Like, how does it auto-renew? Who has rights? Who's liable? But also, like, the price and the numbers. So it's like, you can tweak everything in this document to try to come to some 
you know, conclusion together. And it's like, what things are deal breakers for us? And what are deal breakers for you? And like, what things are you asking for? Because you think you might get away with it versus it's a, it's a, it's an essential thing. So there's, there's like a, there's just like a lot of negotiation to this. So it's, it's, I wouldn't say it's straightforward exactly, but at the end of the day, if you're negotiating a contract, it's probably because both sides are trying to make the purchase happen. Like they've decided they basically want it. And now the, their legal department and our legal department, aka me, uh, are trying to come to some sort of uh, mutually agreeable situation. Yeah. Have you had to like um, consult with lawyers at all on these contracts? I have not consulted with lawyers yet. I have consulted with Google mm-hmm. um, quite a bit. Uh, someone sent us like a 22-page contract the other day, and I was like, wow, okay. <laughs> um, let me get to reading. It's a bit complicated. So it's like, I can understand most of it to like at like 80% of it at, at a first pass. There's some things I have to Google to understand, like what's the legal definition of this term? I think I know what that means, but does that really mean what I think it means? And then there's some percentage where it's like, I don't know like what normal people would ask for. Like an expert might look at this document and say, hey, there's no clause about this. You need to get them to agree to this because it's important. And so like, I can see all the stuff that's there, but I don't mm-hmm. know what's missing. What's missing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So I think I'm doing a pretty good job and I'm, you know, trying to do a good job. Uh, I think the long-term thing here is to have some sort of contracts expert slash legal person that we can have uh, do at least a once over on all these, whether that's the same as the person that's doing the sales stuff, I don't know. But for now, this is, we decided like, okay, I, I think this is not too risky. I don't think we're doing anything too crazy here. That's been the strategy so far. These aren't like enormous contracts where you can afford to burn like $500 an hour of lawyer time on them necessarily. Like that would seriously eat into your, uh, eat into your margins. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. sounds reasonable. But yeah, I think, I think just like getting somebody on retainer and just being like for each contract, spend it, you know, spend an hour and flag to me that the five most worrying things that I might want to push back on, I can take that and then nego- nego- negotiate with their legal folks. Um, and I know we'll, we're not doing something too stupid. So yeah, sales is kind of fun. It's kind of cool. And there's just a lot of tricks like everything else. There's just like a bunch of little things to skills to pick up. Uh, but in other news, uh, we hired a part-time engineer. Woohoo. Yeah. We found somebody. Very nice. Yeah. And he's okay with me saying who he is. So I'm going to tell you who he is. Uh, and his name is Don Goodman Wilson. Okay. Which you might recognize because he was on this podcast talking about uh, the real story behind Screen Hero. Ah, okay. Yeah. So Don was Screen Hero's first engineering hire, and he is also <laughs> Tuple's first engineering hire. <laughs> he has a penchant for uh, screen sharing <laughs> companies. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, when you look at the skills needed to build an app like ours, they're kind of all over the place. Mm-hmm. And so it would be weird to find someone that had much experience in many of them, unless, of course, they had already built a real-time screen sharing app <laughs> with remote control in the past. Wow. <laughs> so it was like, well, this is kind of perfect. Mm-hmm. And like, we kind of like, when we like wrote up our job description, we like almost kind of joked, like, you know, we should see if, like, we should see if Don can do this or wants to do this. And I was like, oh yeah, actually we, we definitely should. And I reached out to him and he was like, yeah, this looks cool. We have an extra set of hands now. So he's starting part-time. That's the plan for now. Uh, 10 hours a week, uh, mostly pairing with Spencer. Um, but yeah, I'm excited because he's got this experience. He's can like level us up in. He's written a lot of cross-platform code, which is really nice for sort of us moving towards like Linux and Windows in the, uh, in the future. Uh, so I'm just, and it's just pumped to get a little more bandwidth there. 
Yeah, that's cool. So is he? He's uh, on a contract basis, right? Not Correct. a W two. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Very nice. Yeah. So hopefully that will directly translate into better app faster. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure there will be communication overhead, so it's not all gains, but yeah, yeah, uh, we'll see. So when does he start? Uh, he starts in about a week. Okay, a little more than a week. And do you have? Do you feel like you have? I mean, this is your first time like onboarding someone new. Do you yeah. feel like you you have your process down for that? Or? <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> although uh, so Spencer has been making a doc mm-hmm. uh, for a little while now, where he's he was sort of like. He's keeping a list on his phone, like, oh, I need to add him to this. Oh, I need to add him to this. I have to add that. And just kind of like coming with a list of like, okay, here are all the things you have to get added to. So he's going to turn that into a Notion doc, and that'll be our like engineer onboarding, you know, template for to get started. I realize that like one thing we we really should do is sort of come up with like three month goals, six month goals kind of thing. Just like after this period of time, it'd be great if you could do this or had done this and sort of set some explicit expectations. But I think with the pairing focus, it's going to be fairly easy to kind of integrate him. It's like, okay, they're just, you're, just, you're just working with someone that knows the code base and knows what's next and is in constant communication with, with me. And so I, I think it will be, I'm expecting it to be fairly painless. Because mm-hmm. he is remote, right? He's remote. Yes, exactly. Okay. He's in Amsterdam. All right. Well, this is a great uh, dog fooding opportunity. Not that is one advantage of the remote but... person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally. It, it's great when the people writing the code are using the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so they can just be like, ooh, that was a bug. Let's fix that right now. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, that's the best. It's great. Yeah. Uh, one last thing is uh, Joel was listening to last podcast <laughs> and like had some quibbles with how I told the story of uh, <laughs> our, uh, our incident. And so I was like, well, do you want to just come on and we can just like, you know, just retell it with all in all the glory and then maybe do some other talking? And he was like, yeah, that sounds great. Yeah. So I think uh, Spencer, Joel and I are going to take over Art of Product next week. Sounds good. Yeah, yeah I can't wait to hear the um, hear the real story uh, the, in all the drama. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I did sort of forget some some details, mm-hmm. um, which is my style. Um, <laughs> so we you're will, just we, the business guy now ben know, exactly i was just busy looking at our metrics mm-hmm. refreshing the bank account um so yeah so we'll get to tell that story from like for realsies and then also uh the audience gets to meet spencer and joel who have been i think mentioned only in in, in name only for for all this time i know yeah i can't believe they haven't been on yet yeah it's weird yeah bad i'm bad at stuff <laughs> nah, we'll correct right. it we'll correct the record and correct this injustice yep yeah so look for that in your podcast feed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So I think that is it for me. I think, uh, yeah, I think I'm all set as well. All right. Well, let's wrap it up at 30 on the dot then. Sounds good. Wow. Look at that timing. Show notes. <laughs> Show notes can be found at artofproductpodcast.com. Thanks for listening. See ya. <laughs>